Good evening, Patriots, Freedom Fighters throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. How are we all doing tonight? Share this out. Do me a favor. We're still on Canada First and Mark Friesen's Aston Grasswood. Um, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. I think we have maybe eight or nine more days until I can go live on my main profile and other platforms. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, we'll see what happens then. Hey Brenda. Hello. I don't know how to pronounce that. Is it Illa Lila Varma? How would I just call you Miss Varma? Good to see you folks. Hey Marilyn. Hey Murray. Rhonda. Crystal. Michelle. Scott Brownlee, how are you? So, um, yeah, I am also on YouTube. Imagine that. I'm still there. I haven't been uh, banned yet. However, I did delete. I self-censored myself, which I hate to do, but I went to uh, Lloyd Minister the other night and... Uh, you know, to show support to Joseph Borgo and Theo Fleury, they're pounding the pavement, spreading the message, spreading the truth, and I love it. Hey, Roger. Peggy. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. But the second part to that, to that event, of course, Dr. Roger Hodkinson was speaking, and he was, of course, speaking very uh, briskly about COVID, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I, you know, I'll upload it to Rumble and Odyssey. But if I leave it on YouTube, it'll get banned anyway, and so will I. So it is what it is. But I did upload the first part to that event with a little bit of Theo. I didn't get there until Theo was just about done speaking. I was a little bit late getting out, but uh, caught Joseph's full speech and uh i even got on the stage for a little bit there so it was great fantastic event they had another one last night in humboldt uh joe borgo has raised the uh necessary three hundred thousand dollars uh as a leadership contender uh so he's officially in the race which is awesome he's got enough signatures um and, and you know I got to love it. The guy's talking the truth. He's telling the truth. And there's a thirst out there for that. And his campaign is growing and it's gaining steam. And uh, I actually, I told Joseph yesterday that 
if he wants to go to BC, and this is for all you BCers uh, in the interior, um, get a get a hold of me because I told Joseph I can help set up a tour through the interior um, if he if he wants to do that with himself and Theo and and then he invited me to come along. So we'll see how that works, but it's uh, that would be that would be pretty exciting. Uh, again, uh, you know, um, he's he's speaking the truth, and I'll support anybody who speaks the truth on a stage in front of the public and any media that happens to be there. Um, and he's the only one that's doing it, so um, he has my support, and I'll support him. And regardless if he's running for a corrupt party, um, he's still a a political candidate who's throwing his hat in the ring and he's speaking the truth. So um, you know. I stand behind him 100%. So, uh, yeah, let's check in on what's happening in Ottawa. Salim is going to join me here in a bit, but uh, let's check in to see what's going on in Ottawa right now with Rolling Thunder. Yeah, of course, the Gestapo was there in all their glory. These people, each and every single one of them, should probably resign in disgrace. Or at the very least, they should indicate that was the people they are sworn to serve. Check they my should zippers. indicate to all of us that they're no longer interested in upholding the law. They're no longer interested in upholding the Constitution or the Charter or the Bill of Rights. That they're no longer interested in any of it. That they're only interested in serving their masters. They should all do that and then resign in disgrace. Each and every single one of them. Who, until a little while ago, I considered my brothers and sisters because I was in um, and I took it out. I took it seriously. And it meant something to me. Uh, all of these people are shitting on the earth. It doesn't mean a thing to any of these people. Not one of them. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Joseph Borgo is a great guy. He's for truth, freedom, and justice. Absolutely, Darlene, 100%. Jane Slack, it's in my DNA. I have no choice. I consider it a duty. So, yeah, this is what's happening in Ottawa. Um, Celine's going to join us in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about Elon Musk, and we're going to talk about the Ukraine, because uh, it's important, and people need to know what the hell is going on. No, I've lost respect too, Hank, and it's disgusting. I don't like the feeling that it gives me. I don't like, you know shit-talking police. I, I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised, you know, I was raised to, to respect officers that are there, you know, to protect our rights. Hey guys, we're going to head back and this way. They've forgotten that. For a moment, and double-check that, uh, their masters. So it's hard to, a still to, to free way to travel. It's hard to respect the, the profession at all in this country. This is the direction of my hotel. Yeah, it looks like we can still travel this way, so... That is good. Anyways, it looks fairly quiet. 
Uh, I think there was a couple of arrests from what I've heard. Um, but not many left. The group is dwindling. It is. I think dwindling. they all went to the hill, someone said. Yeah, so anyway, so that's what's happening there. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I don't know how many people ended up showing up there. I don't know how big the convoy was of, of bikes, of the rolling, how big the rolling thunder was. But, uh, uh, you know, kudos to them. Absolutely, kudos to them. Um, you know, and uh, Canada Day is coming up, and I've uh, already committed to Canada Day. In fact, over and above attending uh, in Ottawa on Canada Day, myself and Salim are going to be doing a tour through Northern Ontario. So, any of you folks that live in Kenora, Dryden, Thunder Bay, Marathon, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie, and North Bay. Uh, if any of you live in any of those towns and are in with the freedom movement there or any movement, uh, get in contact with us and uh, let's set something up. Let's... Uh, Let's come together. Let's bring the community together and share some truth. It's extremely important that we do this. So, um, again, get in touch with me. Email me at uh, info at ffcs.info. Uh, so that would be, you know, towards the end of June, uh, sort of, you know, one speaking engagement every night in each one of these locations uh, on our way to attend Ottawa on July 1st. So, um, yeah, if you're in any of those towns, um, oh, there's Ignace, Ontario. I remember driving through there a few times. Uh, so any of you from any of those communities, uh, by all means, put something together, get in touch with me, and let's, let's do this. Um, I'm looking forward to it, very much looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, let me know. Hey, Zed Mo. How's it going? So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Tomorrow I'm heading to Regina uh, for a speaking engagement there at the chain event. Um, we're meeting at the corner of Tower Road and Victoria um, at 11 o'clock. I guess I'm not sure what time the speeches start, but uh, I will be there. So if you're if you're going to be there, I'll see you there. If not, you should be there. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, not too bad, Kelly. <clears throat> um, really good, actually, all things being equal. I'm not recovered fully yet. Uh, my lungs are still not where they need to be. Um, I can walk pretty much anywhere. I can walk, you know, I, I, I do get tired if I walk, you know, a certain distance. Um, but I it really, my day-to-day -day life, there's nothing I can't do. Uh, but long ways to go yet. My lungs are still not close to where they need to be. 
So you won't see me doing any marathons anytime soon. I do hope to get out in the canoe with my dog and do a little bit of that stuff I love so much. Um, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to have to take it pretty slow to start. Um, but, but, uh, that's coming, uh, you know, compared to where I was to where I am, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I'm on this side of the grass. So, you know, everything over and above that is gravy. Yeah. So, uh, oh, he lived there for 32 years. Great place. Yeah. I remember Ignace. Uh, oh, Audie. Very cool. Maybe we'll see you somewhere. <clears throat> I, I don't know what, where Ignace is closer to. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably closer to Marathon than Thunder Bay would be my guess, but I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, yes. Uh, and I, I've heard that too, Audie. In fact, I would love to go to on Northern Ontario, um, with my canoe. And, and, oh, it's closer to Dryden. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and, and do some canoeing in, uh, Algonquin Park. I'd, I'd love to do that. That's on my bucket list. Um, I follow some guys that, uh, do that sort of thing regularly from that area. So, anyways, uh, my good friend Salim Mansour is backstage and we're going to talk a little bit Elon Musk and we're going to talk a little bit. Ukraine. Before I bring Salim in, I'm just going to do a little intro on Elon Musk because there's there's quite a bit of controversy out there in social media uh, about Elon Musk. So the way I look at it is this. I know that Elon has a history. I understand that he's, you know, been involved with uh, some shady characters. His family's been involved in, in with shady business and shady characters. Uh, I get it. I understand all of it. Um, some of the things that he's working on, transhumanism, chips in the brain, um, you know, electric vehicles, of course, and digital this and digital that. I get it all. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't live in a cave. I completely understand. However, I also will support anyone in terms of free speech. I'll support anybody that's helping us. But it's it's very interesting. Me and Salim had a fantastic discussion today where he made a great point. And the point is this, that why do we in, in Canada, in North America, in the West, why do we need to depend on billionaires for our freedom? Why are we depending on a billionaire for our freedom of speech on the internet? Why is that happening? That is a huge indicator that something is very, very wrong. So great point, of course, um, by Salim. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to we're going to talk to Salim a little bit about that, and uh, and and then we're going to dive into Ukraine a little bit more. So uh, without further ado, how are you, Salim? Good evening, Mark. Good evening to my to our friends. All yeah. around what you did. I'm okay. I'm doing good. Salim, did you want me to play that video that you sent me uh, in terms of of Elon Musk? Did you see it yourself? I did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think it is worthwhile, it is all your call, you know? Yeah, I think it's a good opener. It's not, it's not very long. No, it's not long. Uh, so, you know, I think we could probably start with that. It's a good, it's a good place to start. I think it's... Uh, yeah. A good premise to what to what we're going to be getting into. 
So uh, maybe it's a good idea to, to start off with that. Just uh, give me one minute while I sure while I uh, pull up my messenger and I think it should be right there. Did you? Oh, you didn't send it to me on messenger. You sent it to me on text. So I'll have to send it over to messenger. That'll just take me a second. I'm just going to send it to our uh, messenger on Facebook so I can grab it from there. So they... Sure. All right. By the way, the guy, the, the, the video belongs to this guy. Uh, they're the counterpart to TED Talks. I think most of uh, uh, our friends who are tuned in know about TED Talk, TED Talk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the counterpart to that is Hugo Talk. Hugo. Right. Uh, H U G O. <clears throat> All right, we're just about ready to roll here. <clears throat> All right, so that's what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll play this to uh, start things Great. off. It's a pretty interesting video and pretty illuminating. All right. Do I have it on mute? I do. Sorry. You know, oh, I'm always getting emails about Elon Musk. A lot of the times they are usually messages in regards to him, you know, oh, he's one of the good guys. He's on our side. And I'm always puzzled by this. So let's take a brief look. Well, this was supposed to be a brief look into Elon Musk. But I kind of got into a load of stuff I didn't know. So I thought I'd share it with you. First up, anyway, he's in the news at the moment. He's always in the news. Here we see Elon Musk blames fun police for recall of over 500,000 vehicles with feature to make goat sounds, right? So <laughs> this story is out. Bit of a nonsense story, isn't it? Maybe this story is out today for publicity reasons in order to cover up this other one. This one that came out a couple of days ago. Elon Musk's Neuralink brain chip test kills 15 monkeys out of 23. Company accused of causing extreme suffering, says report. So this news story came out a couple of days ago, which is negative publicity. Then all of a sudden you get a nonsense story like this one I mentioned earlier to cover it up. And lo and behold, just as I was making this video, another story here has arrived. Elon Musk donated 5.7 billion worth of Tesla shares to charity. The world's richest man donated more than 5 million shares of the electric car maker last November. So, oh, what a great guy Elon is. Apparently he did this secretly last November. It's so secret, it's been released across all news outlets today, a day after the news report on his Neuralink killing 15 out of 23 monkeys and causing them extreme suffering in the process. So covering up negative news. So it seems Elon Musk 
who the fake stream media call the richest man in the world. Is he the richest man? I bet there are other people with more money. Anyhow, he seems really concerned about his public image, as any egotist would be. He's always tweeting things that attempt to align himself with the people. He really wants to be a man of the people. So let's take a look at the recent tweet about the Canadian truckers. Here we see, Canada truckers rule. CB radios are free from government media control. And then he says, freedom is being stripped away one piece at a time until it's gone and so on. Yeah, Elon is concerned. This is the guy who wants to stick a chip in everyone's head and upload your thoughts into the hive cloud. It's interesting to see how Elon is so vocal in his support for the Freedom Convoy truckers. He's so concerned about the future of truckers that he is spending his money effectively putting them all out of a job. He wants to replace truckers with robots and machines and driverless trucks from Tesla. By the way, Tesla is an anagram of steel and is stealing from people, steal jobs from people to give them to automated AI controlled machines. Here's a clip of Elon, the, the guy who's so concerned for the Freedom Trucker convoy. I, I can drive this thing and I have no idea how to drive a semi. <laughs> and it only gets better than this. Now, one truck, one, a Tesla truck considered by itself beats other diesel trucks. But what if you have a convoy? So what if you have trucks, two trucks following? So you're, you're, you're more like a train, train driver. In fact, um, the, the convoy technology, the tracking technology, this is something that we are confident we can do today 10 times safer than a human driver. This is something that we are confident we can do today 10 times safer than a human driver. So this is, I want to be clear, this is something we can do now. Now, if you look at the economics of a truck convoy, it gets way better. What this means is it's, it's not just economic suicide to use one diesel truck. It's economic suicide for rail. This beats rail. And that's, that's I think, really quite, quite profound. Um, we're, we're confident that this is a product that is better in every way from a feature standpoint that wins on economics against uh, uh, diesel trucks in a worst case scenario, and that defeats rail um, in a convoy scenario. And pr production begins 2019. So is he really concerned for the truckers, even though he wants to replace them all with his robot driverless trucks? It's no wonder he has all of these Starlink satellites and the f in the sky and the 5G to make all of this automation work with all kinds of humanless automation, including the trucks. So anyway, apparently Elon Musk has so much money. Here is an example. If you earned $1 million per year, it would take you 288,000 years to become as rich as Elon Musk. So one example has been given. His father, his father was called Errol Musk and was a wealthy is a wealthy South African mining magnate. After Musk Senior sold an emerald mine, the family became exceptionally wealthy, it says here. So once again, you know, this is not a guy that worked his way up against the odds from a council estate on a diet of Watsits and Frey Bentos pies. No, he comes from the world of the uber rich. 
It says here, Elon Musk's father, Errol Musk, once told Business Insider, he said, we had so much money at times, we couldn't even close our safe, and that one person would have to hold the money in place, and the other would have to close the door. He added, and then there'd still be all these notes sticking out, and we'd sort of pull them out and put them in our pockets. It says here, as a teenager, Elon reportedly walked around New York with emeralds in his pocket which is a great head start for anyone looking to become the richest person in the world, it says here. And it's not something, you know, he likes talking about. He doesn't want people talking about this. It's not good for his image. This article in Forbes has since been deleted, but can still be found on the Wayback Machine. In this article, he says, in South Africa, my father had a private plane We'd fly in incredibly dangerous weather and barely make it back. This is going to sound slightly crazy, he says, but my father also had a share in an emerald mine in Zambia. I was 15 and really wanted to go with him, but didn't realize how dangerous it was. I couldn't find my passport, so I ended up grabbing my brothers, which turned out to be six months overdue. So we had this plane load of contraband and an overdue passport from another person. There were AK-47s all over the place, and I'm thinking, man, this could really go bad. But he denies this now, apparently. This guy is really concerned about his image. He started off with PayPal, but he didn't start that company, PayPal, off himself. He kind of acquired it. He just merged his way in, bought his way in. From what I can make out, it was mostly other people who wrote the code and were the brains behind it. The same thing with Tesla. It was founded a year before he bought his way into it. And then there is his mother, Mae Musk, who has been a model for 50 years. Check out some of the images here. This is some, this is some serious peekaboo club poses she is striking here. I think some of the most blatantly obvious peekaboo nonsense I've seen. She's even appeared in a Beyonce video. Look at her here. This is her in the Beyonce video. Now, there's more to be said about the mother May, but let's talk about her father. So this would be Elon Musk's grandfather. So here we see Elon Musk's grandfather, whose name was Dr. Joshua Haldeman, and he was head of Canada's technocracy movement. This was an organization formed in 1933 in New York, an organization that wanted to change society by radically restructuring the political and social and economic life in Canada and the United States with science as its central operating principle. Okay, this is Elon Musk's grandfather, okay? They didn't want politicians, business people, money, or income inequality. They wanted universal basic income. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? They didn't believe in the notion of countries calling them Canada or the United States either. They just wanted one giant continental landmass called the Technate, a techno-utopia run by engineers and other experts in their fields and it was supposed to take communism to a whole new level. Now, apparently, to cut a long story short, this guy, Dr. Joshua Haldeman, Elon Musk's grandfather, he got kicked out of Canada, appeared in city court to face two charges under the Defence of Canada Act. It was called subversive to the war effort. He managed to avoid prosecution from the Canadian government and ended up in South Africa, where he had his daughter, May, who is Elon Musk's mother. So you can see how this technocracy 
uh, goes right back to Elon Musk's grandfather and trying to change society, trying to change the world into some kind of dystopian utopia. Now, when he was in South Africa, this Dr. Joshua Haldeman, Elon Musk's grandfather, he uh, flew his own plane. He had his own little plane in South Africa and he flew it all around the Kalahari Desert, picking up ancient artifacts, apparently searching for the lost city, like a bit like Indiana Jones type of thing. I don't know, it's all pretty strange. And the daughter, May, Elon Musk's mother, used to go with him. There's some people who suggest now that generations of this family are linked to the government, the CIA, the Peekaboo Club, call it what you will. And then there's also these other rumors that Elon Musk's mother, May Musk, was an acquaintance of Charles Manson, was arrested at the Manson family ranch, and also claims being made that she went and visited him in jail. These are claims from a person called Shalom Gel, who claims she babysitted Elon Musk when he was very young and has a YouTube channel. She makes some pretty wild claims. And it's very interesting, I'll say that. Unfortunately, I don't think any of it is verifiable, but I will leave a link below to a few articles about the above and her channel to check it out for yourself. It's quite a rabbit hole. It sounds kind of crazy in some places, but you can't rule out anything these days. So yeah, there's a lot more uh, to look at here. I mean, there's also the relationship Elon Musk had with Grimes, the singer. And, and again, look, oh no, peekaboo pictures. Of course, there has to be peekaboo photos. They are obligatory, aren't they? And well, you, look, that's enough. I've wasted too much time on this, I think. So let us know what you think of Elon Musk. I find it hard to believe that I get sent emails or messages from people thinking this guy is one of the good guys. It's hard to believe that in such a controlled world that one single person would be allowed to acquire that much wealth. I think he's more likely to be the front man, the spokesman for something else entirely. As always, thanks for listening. Come and subscribe to the tribe at hugotalks.com, a place for like-minded souls. And I'll There we go. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, a good little video to uh, start the conversation. So, so what are your thoughts, Aline? Well, right off the bat, uh, the first thing is that <clears throat> do we hold an individual responsible for the uh, sins and for the lifestyle of the individual's parents or grandparents, you know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, most people will question whether <clears throat> whether it's Elon Musk or me or you or anybody else, do we stand for our own values as individual being adults or are we simply uh, carrying on the trade of our parents and grandparents and whoever else, you know, right. come back to. So that's an issue that I think will always be there in any such discussion, you know, when, when you're writing a biography of a man or a woman, you know, you're looking into the past of individual. None of us come, you know, into this world by ourselves. You know, we come into the world through 
association with our parents and how much of that relationships that surround us, like being in a mother's womb, how much of those relationships that surrounds us shape our thinking, our worldview, our mind, uh, are, are very important issues to discuss. So I would say that's one side of the factor. The other side of the factor is, of course, Elon Musk uh, is an exceptional human being, you know, by um, simply putting aside the question of money, wealth and all, he has demonstrated um, <clears throat> a, a character that is very rare. People say, you know, who are geniuses? Well, who are geniuses cannot be defined except through the work, you know, who was right. Newton, who was Einstein, who was Picasso, who was Shakespeare. So Elon Musk has been demonstrating, he's 50 years old, so over the last uh, 15 years, he has been demonstrating uh, his capacity to innovate, to invent and do things that were in the realm of imagination, but he has translated that into practical fact out of mm. which, you know, his achievement stands for others to either examine, analyze and find out what it is that doesn't work or work. So, you know, right. his achievement right. is there and so on. But then the real question is politics. You know, we are we are back to it, you know. When when an individual, you know, I mean, Shakespeare or Picasso, uh, or Michelangelo, whatever they were doing, it was unique. And it was so unique that we still, you know, look at their work and wonder at the greatness of their work. But they were also living in a world of where other people are interacting and that's the world of politics, you know? And so if you want to think about what were the political thinking, political connections, political links, what were they talking about? Who were they defending? Michelangelo was funded by the popes, by the, right. uh, by the, right. by the, the, the wealthiest people in, in Rome, in Florence, in the 15th century, Renaissance Italy, he could not have done what he did, you know, building up St. <clears throat> Peter's and so on and so forth. Shakespeare was writing plays in which it was Elizabethan age and he had to write or he wanted to write plays, but he couldn't have written plays that were critical of uh, the lords and ladies and the queen, he would have gone to the gallows, he would have gone to the Tower of London, you know, so you have to take the plays and read the lines and try to understand it. So here's the question of Elon Musk, he's the richest man in the world today, but how did he come to that, you know, situation and how that question hangs. And then when people look into his uh, business side of it, his innovation side of it, Law work that he has accomplished in terms of translating it into goods that people are now hooked on to comes about with support from the deep state. Now that question lingers, you know, I mean, whether it was in terms of Tesla in his early state, you know, the deep state with all of the green energy, renewable en energy issue, they were talking about it, you know, and so on, the battery. And at a critical point in time, the deep state invested in Tesla, you know, his ideas. 
and and make him take off just as the deep state invested in his spacex program you know that he he devised devised and and that was a huge support that the deep state has provided him and the deep state also helped him uh, has provided him support with starlink so there are all of these right. connections behind well and, and, uh, that, and, and, and sorry finish your thought i just I want to chime in a little. No, bit. so I was I was just going to finish it. That those are connections that surfaces now. It has been there in the back, but now it surfaces in a in a in a very very peculiar way, because on the one side, it is as if he is now confronting the deep state in terms of the most important issues of our time. By taking on Twitter, buying Twitter, you know, and what is well, happening? This is this is where I have a hard time squaring all of this. You know, obviously he's had help. Obviously there are connections that have been made. Um, even his quick response to the request to, you know, give uh, satellite internet to the Ukraine, like boom, right now let's get it done, and and answered the call. Uh, so, of course, those things are all questionable. But at the same time, why would this guy who obviously got to where he's gotten, and, and I've heard some of these globalist people suggest that it was them that allowed or or gave Elon the ability to, uh, you know, bring in this much, much wealth to himself. And, and so that, in other words, he owes them uh, for his success. So why would he then, you know, poke them in the eye by buying Twitter and claiming to reestablish, you know, a free speech social media platform? Uh, it, 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 it doesn't square. So I'm sort of of the mind Salim at this point that I'm just I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy, you know, how many hair he has lit on fire uh, by buying Twitter and letting it open up to, to, to free speech. And, and I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to use it. And, you know, I'm sure as others will as well. But that doesn't mean I'm not still skeptical of Elon Musk. That doesn't mean that I'm giving him a free pass uh, for everything that he's associated with. Of course, I'm not. But I do like free speech. And, you know, so so what's your what? How do you square that, Salim? Well, in a sense, that's the $64,000 question. It is as if the game is on now. Elon Musk is no longer a businessman in, in, in that general sense, that he has a product, he brings the product to the market, the product sells, and he makes money, you know, and, and, and he grows from product to product. I mean, he began uh, his first $100 million plus dollar came from PayPal, you know, and, and we heard Hugo mm -hmm. talking about that PayPal was not his innovation. It, is not, it was not his right. invention. He bought into PayPal, then he built it up, and then he sold it, uh, sold his share, and walked off with over $100 million. So that was the first big gain. And then he went on to other things. Uh, he was not a man, you know, given his background, his father, his parents, and so on man who rose uh, by his bootstrap, you know, mm -hmm. he, he had that cushion. I mean, the difference here is Elon is a man with a very high IQ, uh, but the fact remained that he was surrounded by wealth. 
Justin Trudeau is a man who is a moron, but if he was not surrounded by the name of his father and his family, we would not have him as a prime minister. And yet, you know, so, so those are facts. It is not simply a matter of, you know, running down a person. It is about contextualizing a person and understanding him. Mm. But now the game is on. Uh, he has moved from the arena of business, innovation, you know, his imagination, conquering the space, taking man to Mars, and all of that, which is all wrapped up in the high-tech area, the future scenario, which so many of us, that is human beings, are excited about, but we alone cannot do it, but Elon is doing it. But then he has stepped across the line, and now he is a public face that has become identified with the most critical issue of our time, which is freedom. Right. And there is no freedom without free speech. You know, free speech is free speech. The moment one starts putting adjectives and trying to qualify free speech, it is no longer free speech. It right. is something else, you know. Mm. So Elon has said, free speech is free speech. And this is, you know, the town square of the world. And he wants to protect that and, and help it put, a, put it together. And, and, and so the game is on. And we're going to see what is going to happen. And we can develop judgment. But, but there are still questions, you know, that mm. we need to ask, not of Elon Musk, it is not only Elon Musk, it is about ourselves, it is about a society, it is about our history, it is about our culture, or what America, talking about America, America has been proud about for 200 plus years. In only four years, America is going to celebrate 250th anniversary of 1776, in my view, America is no longer the America of 1776. America is an occupied country. Fraud vitiates everything, you know. And so the fraud of 2020 election has vitiated everything. America is now post-Republican, post-constitutional, so on and so forth. So the question that come about, you know, and without taking, you know, we can spend the whole evenings, but I just want to compress it here. What is the crown jewel of the American Republic that was founded in 1776 that was unique? That is what was celebrated and people have celebrated it in writing and literature, in fighting for it, you know, for over 200 years till we arrive at this present moment in time. The crown jewel of America in terms of Republican constitutional republic is the Bill of Rights, the Ten Amendments. Right. Beginning with, I mean, you can say it is the Kohinoor diamond, you know, which is which, which Queen Elizabeth wears, you know, which the British Empire brought from India the, at that time, the largest diamond in the world. Uh, <clears throat> the Kohinoor diamond is um, the First Amendment, freedom of speech. No government, no one is going to abridge the freedom to right. think, the freedom to associate, the freedom to speak, the freedom to believe, the freedom to live one's life as God has gifted you, gifted each one of us, you know, mm. 
So that is the foundational principle protected within the Constitution in terms of the Bill of Rights. That's the fundamental. 250 years later, almost, I think, you know, 2026, it will be the 250th anniversary if the American Republic was still strong and still virile. We are in a situation where we are looking up to a billionaire, multi-billionaire to protect or, or presumably not to protect, but to reestablish that freedom of speech that has been taken away bit by bit by bit we don't have it anymore. Um, Biden only yesterday announced that he's going to have a Bureau of Disinformation. You know, right out of the book of George Orwell, Ministry of Truth, you know, whose truth? Only uh, two weeks ago, we marked uh, Easter, Good Friday. That was a fundamental question in all of history. What is truth? Whose truth? And for that, Jesus was crucified, you know? So each day as we stand and try to live a life according to our values, our belief, individual affirmation of who I am and what I think, and I have that right to think and to express myself in words, in paintings, in, in whatever form, that I express myself to be who I am, that God gave me the right to be, that has been taken away. And now we have to look up to a multi-billionaire to say, I am going to protect it for you. Then right. what is that damn culture, that, that civilization for which people have fought and died, that we, the people, cannot protect it anymore. It has to be some multi-billionaire who's going to protect it. That is, it is something that, you know, the man was walking around uh, with emeralds in his pocket. He's going to throw emeralds, that is free speech, to, to uh, uh, Mark Friesen, to Salim Mansour, to whoever. Right. That is the grotesque reality of where we have arrived. And that's the question that we have to ask. Salim, I, I want to play uh, a quick clip here of the the actual minister of truth that uh, Biden has uh, appointed. <laughs> and this, a warning yeah. before I play this, this is extremely hard on the ears. Wondering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious. Spicy. Them in Congress or a mainstream output, so disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo when we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, yes, information's origin seems likely less atrocious. <laughs> Wondering is really quite ferocious. It's yeah, okay, enough, enough. Life. Enough, enough. So there you have it. There's, uh, I, I don't know, I'm sort of, I just, all I see is propaganda. That's all I see these days is is pure propaganda. And and this, this uh, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it. Well, Mark, what has happened? I mean, what 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 I'm expressing, and I I I would hope 
I would like to believe that I'm not alone in this matter, that what we're expressing is, you know, the state of the world that we are in and the state of the world, we're going to give it over to our children and grandchildren. We have been lied and lied and lied. You know, we're going to go into an election in Ontario uh, in June, you know, and the man wants to be reelected, Doug Ford. This is the guy who has been a party to the lies that were told to Ontarians, 14 million Ontarians, you know, mm. over the last three years, you know, and that's only three years. We can just expand it over and over again. Uh, everything that has come out from the mouth of politicians and our leaders and, and our institution, we know are lies. You know, the world has been, if a man can be a woman, everything is a lie. Everything's you know? a lie, absolutely. You know? And, and so it is in this context, you know, um, we can we can say yes, cheers to uh, Elon if he's going to defend uh, free speech uh, and and mm -hmm. and bring back Twitter. But the question still remains, you know, how do we get out of this world of lies? I mean, Twitter, the whole thing was exposed by the fact that when Twitter started to cancel any discussion of Hunter Biden's laptop just before the last election, 2020 election, when Twitter deplatformed the president of the United States, right. President Trump, you know, mm. and there was the government of the United States and the institutions of the United States and the Constitution of the United States that has been violated right in front of over 300 million people. I'm not talking about non-Americans. Right. You know, they went like sheep to the slaughterhouse. Hmm. Yes. That, that's the state of affair we are in right now, you know. I mean, right as you and I are speaking, I think most Canadians, if not all Canadians, let's say most Canadians, anywhere close to 90%, and most Americans, close to 90%, don't know that we are now officially in a state of war. Right. America is in a state of war with Russia. Right. Where has this been negotiated? Where has this been discussed? They have been lied and lied and lied into the situation now that we are going into a state of war. Mm -hmm. There has not been a single senator, a single congressman or woman standing up and challenging the narrative of the media and the intelligence community of the lies that have been perpetrated to bring us to the state where we now don't know what will be the escalation that might head up to, God forbid, you know, close to an, a nuclear exchange? Mm -hmm. This is not exaggeration anymore. So, so Salim, I, I want to know, and I, like I know it, it may be to a lot of people, the link I'm going to make is, is going to be seen as a stretch and probably conspiracy theory. But we know, based on what they've told us, that a, 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 a major focus of these people 
at the World Economic Forum, at the UN, at the Club of Rome, at the Council on Foreign Relations, at the Trilateral, at the Bilderberg, the list goes on. Their main focus is depopulation. They've told us this. Well, what better way, and again, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, but what better way to depopulate the planet according to their goals than with nuclear war? Well, I mean, that's that's in the back of my mind. I mean, but but I'm talking about we the people. You're talking about the the people, the Davos crowd, the Klaus Schwabs, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Bill Gates, the War uh, Warburg, the, the the Warren Buffett, the whole lot of them, which would include Elon Musk. Right. So it is that cabal mm. who are into the game of depopulation. Right, you know. So, well, and that is, that's, that's not that's not a conspiracy theory. That is what they have, in fact, informed us in writing, in speeches, in their discussion. So it is not not a conspiracy. But I'm asking about us, the people. We are walking into that situation, you know with our eyes open, but we are walking into it without any protest. Just before we go any further with this discussion, I want to actually show for anybody who's watching that's questioning what we're talking about, this, what I'm going to play for you again, is Dennis Meadows from the Club of Rome uh, in an interview saying exactly what we're talking about. Uh, incredibly important in its complete context into, into what we're what we're discussing. But in one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this planet, that I know in one way or another, it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, I, and I mean civil in a... <laughs> in a special way, I, peaceful. A special Peace way. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, um, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for. Um, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart, it's unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships, they're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have, but, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sense. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share 
uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich share the experience trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but um, that's, that's what lies ahead. So again, um, we're not making this up. We're not theorizing what their ideation is. We're not theorizing what their agenda is. It's to reduce the planet, uh, reduce humanity on the planet. That's that's it. He, he's he's made it very clear. He's not the only one, of course. There's many of them that speak this way. So, but I wanted to throw that in there before we went any further, just as you know, as a, as backup to what we're saying. Right. I mean, it is not any more astounding. This is exactly the language that has come into play over the last 55, 60 years. We have talked about this, you and I, you know, the making of Klaus Schwab. He was brought into this cabal as a young man, you know, when he came to America in the 1960s, you know, and he was groomed. He was groomed to be what he became. You know, so that question goes back to Elon Musk, it goes back to Mark Zuckerberg, it goes back to Bill Gates, it goes back to mm. all of them, you know. So there is this cabal, you know. As you were playing this Dennis Meadows uh, little clip, you know, the thought went back to me, why not, Mr. Dennis Meadows, you take the lead. You do what Reverend Jim Jones did. Bring your cabal together, your Davis crowd together, and say that the world is now too much populated, it cannot sustain this population. So we will set the path of how to save the planet from overpopulation. We're going to go to Amazon and we're going to drink the Kool-Aid. We'll have the large, grand, large grand, you know, right. Uh, right. Uh, uh, um, and they do that. We will call, we will call Bono. We will call you two. We will call, you know, whoever you want, you know, the big guy. And we will celebrate our final hour in this planet, you know, and hopefully others will come and join us. But that's not what they're doing. No. That's not, they're playing God. They want to take you and me and our children away so that they can have a, you know, this planet for themselves. Utopia, right. But it is, it is an evil utopia. It is a dystopia. Yes. It is a total, total evil. And so we come back to it, you know, yeah, that, that the situation we are in is the oldest situation in the world, going back to the pharaohs, going back to the Caesar, that in the oldest situation of politics to control the masses, you know, and to reduce them to their serfdom, their slavery. Right. That, right. that is what it is. So Elon Musk belongs to that club of artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and so on, to replace an individual, a man, a woman, a child that God created. I mean, Carl Sandburg, the great American historian and biographer of um, Abraham Lincoln, uh, mm. observe that every child born is a way of God saying the continuity of the world. Well, what is Dennis Meadows saying? What is Klaus Schwab saying? What is Justin Trudeau saying and Hillary Clinton saying? It is Planned Parenthood. Every child conceived must be weighed and aborted as quickly as possible. Yes. I'm you know? 
So that's that's where we are caught up. And this is supposed to be the advanced civilization. This is not somewhere in Africa, you know. Mm. It is, I think, it is an insult now to compare uh, some African tribal village or Indonesian uh, in New Guinea tribal village with what is happening in New York, in Washington, D.C., in Ottawa, in Rome, in Berlin, in, in London, you know, mm. that's, that's the complete perversion that we have arrived at, you know, right. and, and talking about Ukraine, because that's, that is the number one issue right now. I mean, how did this come about? I mean, it was all flipped over for three years. It was COVID. And then within a matter of a week, the page was turned. And there is no more discussion of COVID, at mm. least in the American media. You know, yeah. it is all Ukraine. But behind it, we, we, we began with Elon Musk. And so free speech. Twitter, Facebook, Apple, Google, that is the high tech. They basically took away free speech from Americans and then from the rest of the world because they are global on discussing the fundamental issues, for instance, in America, about alternative therapy on COVID. You know, they deplatform anybody who talked about hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and other issues, you know. Right. Uh, and then when the election was coming, that's 2020 election, the story was out mm. that Hunter Biden uh, laptop that uh, um, um, Mr. Biden, Joe Biden, had been basically bought and paid for by Burisma, by the Ukrainian oligarch, as he was bought and paid for by the Chinese communist leadership. So this man is a complete political whore. His family is a crime family. Ezra Levan talked about the same situation in Canada with the Libranos the Liberal Party, you know, going into 2019 election. So this was the platform. There was no discussion about it. And so now the cookbook about Ukraine, it comes to that all of this is happening because the lie upon which Biden was elected has to be preserved because if that is exposed, Biden is done for. Right. Hopefully, he's done for in America. And not only Biden, but everybody around Biden. That is the Democratic Party, Obama, the Clinton, the Nancy Pelosi, the John Kerry, will all be done for. You know, if this was uh, uh, July 1789, they would be guillotined. Mm. It would be a revolution, the French Revolution. Because of about so where, the where are the Republicans? The same place the conservatives. Until we come back to where are the Republicans, and as it comes back, where are the conservatives in Canada? And so it comes back. There is none. It's a sham, and it is a sham because the people have gone along with it. Yes. Jefferson Absolutely. said, hmm. President Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson said that to keep the tree of liberty alive every 20 years it must be watered by the blood of the patriots mm. yes
But we went along because we could have the good time in North America, in Canada, uh, and, and the good time was bought and paid for by the destruction that was visited upon the people in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. And that's the story because when we want to talk about it or if anybody begins to talk about it, then the accusation, there is the Marxist. For them, it is, you know, all about, you know, stealing and robbing and exploitation. Right. But then there are people who are truth seekers. This is not about, you know, good and evil in terms of Marxism. It is about individual responsibility of a people in terms of the culture and civilization. What happened in the Middle East is what is happening right now in Ukraine. This right. was totally unnecessary. Right. This war was and so here we have our parliament totally silent. Nobody in the conservative party is willing to ask the fundamental question because the media is going to attack that person as a Putin agent. But heck, let the media attack. Trust the people. Talk about it. Right. Right. Lead from the front. Lead from the front. And then... Let, let us see whether people want to rise up, whether they want the children to grow up in this, in this environment. Mm. And an environment that can be no longer be hidden. It is an environment of living between Sodom and Gomorrah. Yep, 100%. So um, I didn't get a chance to look at those documents that you sent me. But we are officially at war, America, I guess, and and by extension, Canada, always. So we're officially at war. Is essentially what. What, 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 what has happened? The document I sent you was the 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 the, the uh, Senate bill uh, that was voted upon uh, in both the House and in the Senate and passed, which is called the Len Lease for democracy in Ukraine. So words have no meaning anymore. Democracy in Ukraine. Oh. Zelensky is a Democrat running around with, you know, Nazis with the shoulder pads of SS Waffen. This is what it has come down to. But Lend-Lease means precisely what it means. He's, he's, he's banned States. Zelensky is a dictator. He's banned all parties. All parties. All he's parties. Banned the, he's banned media that doesn't say what he wants them to say. Yes. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It, we're watching it again, and everyone is sucked into it. It's well, he's following, the, he's following the model of, of America now, America as a post-constitutional country, right. and he's following the model of Britain and, and, and uh, Canada. I mean, in Britain... Boris Johnson is hanging there by the skin of his teeth. 54 conservative backbenchers have signed a letter asking for a leadership review. The man and his cabinet is completely sunk with hypocrisy in terms of party gate while they were putting encouraging. Yeah. But, but the, the, the Ukraine crisis is the gift of the, you know, the gift horse. So he's using the Ukraine crisis as a way to dampen all discussion on his role in the party gate. Right. 
Right. Sure. Just as Biden and the Democrats are using, they use um, COVID and now Ukraine as a way to turn away any discussion upon what happened in 2020 election or about the criminality of the Biden family. Right. So that, that vote, uh, that, that bill was passed two days ago. Uh, again, mainstream media is not reporting it. I sent you the bill. You know, if you open it up, you can see it. Um, yeah. And what it means is that America has now become a belligerent in the Ukraine war. And therefore, it is Russia that can now, within the terms of international law of warfare, can target American assets. Right. As, as, as it happened during World War I when America was technically neutral, but through Lend-Lease operation was providing arms and equipment to uh, Britain, mm -hmm. which led to Germany sinking Lusitania, the ship that was carrying weapons to uh, Britain, right. which eventually led to the declaration of war. And the same thing happened in 1940 when uh, Franklin Roosevelt uh, and the Congress signed the Lend-Lease for Britain in 1940 that precipitated eventually the war with Germany. Uh, so we are in, in, a, in a technically in a very, very uh, sensitive time in our history. Um, people don't know uh, what is happening because right. the media has only told one side of the story. Uh, Putin has been made into a devil. There is no discussion about the rights and wrongs. To just give you one example, you know, it happened only uh, uh, a week ago. Um, Ch China uh, was signing an agreement with the Solomon Islands in the Pacific Ocean. Solomon Island is about 1,800 kilometers northeast of uh, Australia and New Zealand. 1,800 kilometers, you know, and from America, about 7,000 kilometers uh, in the Pacific. So China was signing an agreement with Solomon Island, which is now independent mm -hmm. uh, uh, bunch of island countries, uh, to be able to send in Chinese goods and services and open up ports for Chinese vessels. Australia immediately threatened that if that is signed, Australia might take action against Solomon Island, backed up by the United States, that this is a green line for Australia and for United States. Well, 1,800 miles for Australia, 7,000 kilometer, 1,800 kilometer for Australia, 7,000 kilometer for the United States. That is their red line. And Ukraine is right, is a common border with Russia. And Russia had talked about that for the last 30 years, that pushing NATO all the way into Ukraine would be the red line. And they're talking about as if, you know, this is a Russian invasion. So I, I just watched a video earlier um, from Amazing Polly. I don't know if you watch 
or, yes, or but not. Me. She did a, a, a fantastic video okay. on the Ukraine and Soros and his involvement, uh, making just phenomenal connections that she's done. I'm going to put the link in the in the chat. And yes, I've seen it. You've seen it. I've seen the reference to it. I have to watch it. I haven't yet seen well, it. I'll send you the link as well. Okay. Uh, fantastic okay. job. But it, it's very clear, especially after watching the connections that she's made, you know, how corrupt it is and how orchestrated all of this has been um, to exactly where they want things right now. And, and again, does it, does it, does it end with nuclear uh, war? Uh, you know, it seems we're heading in that direction, uh, you know, yeah, well, I mean, on the question of corruption, uh, according to uh, Transparency International, the latest report, um, both Russia and uh, Ukraine are corrupt, but Ukraine is right at the bottom of the barrel. Ukraine yeah. is just ahead of South Sudan uh, yeah. in, in the level uh, of corruption. Uh, yeah. And we all know over the last... 25, 30 years, but specifically over the period of Obama administration, Obama, Bill Clinton, and Joe Biden, that Ukraine has become, uh, has been turned into a laundering uh, laundromat, a laundering uh, system for getting the money shuffled through Ukraine back to Washington players, you know, so... Right. Right. This $800 million, almost a billion dollar requisition for arms shipment that um, Biden has called for. And then he's also called for $33 billion to pay for uh, the uh, salary, pensions and things for the Ukrainian government. Um, that this will basically end up back in the pocket of the Democratic Party members and the Republican Party members, 19 mm -hmm. Republican senators, 19, starting with Mitch McConnell, voted for all of this thing. Right. So where is this money going? It will go and get laundered back into Washington, into the pockets mm -hmm. of, yep. of, of the oligarchs in, in Washington, and the crumbs mm -hmm. will be given to Ukrainians, you know. And when all of this is over, and if this becomes what one can anticipate, a full-fledged war. Until now, um, Biden, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Putin has basically called for what he said is special military operation. So it is not, it is a, it is a police operation. It is not a military operation in that sense. Uh, it was called for to support uh, the two republics that, that, did their self-determination and was recognized by the Russian parliament, the Duma, that is uh, Donetsk and Lugansk Republic. And on the basis of Article 51 of the UN Charter, um, the special military operation was done, which is inconsistent with the uh, meaning of R2P, responsibility to protect which, by the way, the Canadians are signed on to it. It was, in fact, yeah. one of the things that Jean Chrétien's government was deeply involved in uh, mm -hmm. in the making of R2P uh, in the 1990s after Rwanda. So all of this is within the terms of the UN 
uh, agreements and therefore it is part of international law. It is not liberal rule-based order, it is international law. Right. Uh, um, and that's what, what this special military operation of Putin was all about, to bring an end to that eight years of bombardment by the Ukrainian armed forces of the right. people in Lugansk and Donetsk, where the, the casualty figure was somewhere in the range of 14,000, 15,000 dead. Funded and trained by Canada. Funded and trained by Canada. Nobody's asking these Not questions. Actual Nazis. Yeah. So, uh, so if, as a result of now the passage of the Lend-Lease Act by uh, Washington, uh, this turns out to be from a special military operation into a full-fledged war, then Ukraine will be flattened. You know, whatever the casualty will be on the Russian side, on the Ukraine side, it will be flattened. Uh, all because uh, Mr. Biden wants to hide his criminality and the Democrats, uh, that is the neocons, particularly the neocons, both on the Democrat and the Republican side, uh, who are the neocons, that's another discussion. Uh, they want to carry on the globalist agenda, fighting in Ukraine to the last Ukrainian. Right. You know, and, and so we, we are in this terrible situation and we have to ask, what is the responsibility of us as Canadians, you know? Mm -hmm. Where is anyone and I'm waiting for our leader, that is my leader, so to the extent that I'm a member of PPC, whether he has the moral courage to stand up and talk about Ukraine now in the, in the manner in which he needs to talk about it. We were supposed to be the off-ramp. That's why Lester Pearson was given the Nobel Prize in 1957. That Canada, as a middle power, blue helmet, United Nations, we are going to be the off-ramp so that there is the, the threat of any conflict between the right. great powers can be, can be negotiated, peacefully ended. You know, where are we? This is not about Russia anymore. This is not about America anymore. This is about the world. Every country around the world is affected by it. And by the way, the vast majority of countries around the world over 130 countries have refused to go along with the United States and Britain. Mm. They have rejected it. Once you see and once you analyze uh, the position of India, for instance. Very interesting point. The position of Brazil, the position of South Africa, the position of right. some of the Middle Eastern states. They have rejected it. The, mm. the only countries that are on side with London and Washington are the Anglosphere country, that is Canada, New Zealand, uh, Australia, and then the European countries, that is France, Italy, uh, that is the NATO country. Even some of the countries that are now member of the NATO, they have refused to join it, like Hungary. Hungary is now no, no, not participating in the sanction. Mm -hmm. uh, Hungary is paying, uh, has agreed to pay rubles for gas and whatever it imports from Russia. So has Serbia. Uh, and Russia has begun now turning the tap off on Europe. It has turned the tap off Poland. It has right. turned the tap off 
on Bulgaria and other countries will follow. You know, if they decline to engage in the trade with Russia or with ruble. But the countries like India, uh, Brazil and others, and China, of course, goes to show you now, uh, and this must might be a future discussion that we need to have, that the great reset is now reached the point of the great rupture. Mm. Mm. The, the the globalists have overreached R and having Ra overreached, rupture or rupture rupture great rupture that is a division yeah, yeah. The, the rupture is beginning you can see that now there's an there is a different alliance and it is an alliance for in opposition to globalism globalism would mean unipolar world right as an empire right. uh the alliance is for uh maintaining a multipolar world and that is Russia, China, India, Brazil, South Africa, mm. and a lot of other African countries are going to join into this, um, and countries of the Middle East. And so we will have on the one side the Europeans and the Anglosphere. And so Mr. Trudeau, talking about diversity, diversity, diversity. Well, in the world, there is diversity. And what we are now seeing over Ukraine, it is the white Caucasian Europeans on the one side and rest of the world, the brown people, the yellow people, the black people, they are on the other side. Yes. And these, these discussions are so vital discussion because in the absence of this discussion, what happens is emotion and smearing, right. smearing. And that's what is going to happen. Well, I, Salim, I, I mean, I think I haven't seen too many. Uh, I mean, amazing quality, of course, but I haven't seen too many outside of our what we're doing here on a weekly basis. Yeah. We're about the only two that openly talk about this, um, you know, and. and it is so incredibly important. So I, I really encourage, you know, everybody who's watching today to make sure you share this out. So it, this, this discussion can be seen, um, you know, by some people that need to see it because it's, 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 it's absolutely necessary for people to understand the context to, to what our position is and why we have this position. It's not, you know, because we hate Ukrainians, uh, <laughs> I, you know, we support obviously Ukrainians, and Ukrainians are being used again. You know, by these by these puppet masters. So, yeah, and and those Ukrainians who wish to say what they are really thinking are being silenced. Right, are being silenced. Are being uh, you know, deep platform, and sadly, many of them being physically annihilated. Yes, I don't know if you know the story. And if the friends who are watching us know the story of Gonzalo Lira. Mm. Gonzalo Lira is an American of Chilean origin, Chile in South America, Chilean origin. He's a writer, a movie maker. He's a graduate of Dartmouth School in America. He married a Ukrainian uh, woman uh, of Russian speaking and he moved to Ukraine, Kharkov, where he has been residing and reporting 
from Kharkov. He had been reporting all through the period after February 24th uh, into March. Um, and I was following him as, as so many other people around the world. Um, a wonderful uh, man. And uh, he was giving uh, on-the-spot reporting from Kharkov of the war, of what was happening in, in uh, the two republics, in Donetsk and um, yeah, Luhansk. And then uh, sometime in middle of April or the first week of April, he disappeared. And he was missing for two weeks. And the word went round that, of course, you know, people immediately understood that he had been kidnapped. The question was whether he had been killed. And the word was going around that he had been killed because of his report. And what had happened was that his location was uh, basically revealed, exposed by the American... Uh, uh, online uh, uh, magazine, The Daily Beast, okay. because uh, Gonzalo Lira's reporting ran 180 degree opposite to the official American narrative, European narrative. So uh, they revealed his location in Kharkov. And Lo and behold, that's what happened. He was picked up by the Ukrainian security forces. And the only reason two weeks later he reappeared, but he's under house arrest, um, was because his name had become a big name across North America and Europe among the many people reporting on the war. There's a whole lot of people reporting on the war. Yeah. But Gonzalo Lira, you might want to check him out. Um, you know, and so he he reappeared, but but they have given him the you know the treatment. And so he's yeah. under 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 observation. This is what has what has been happening. So we talk yeah. about protecting journalists or doctors, you know, uh, Medicine Sans Frontiers, Journalists Sans Frontiers. Um, in the case of Lira, he survived, but there are many who have disappeared. Mm. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, of course, we're taking in a lot of Ukrainians, refugees, and who's to say that that sort of thing won't happen here in Canada? with people who are critical of Ukrainian government that don't understand the distinction between government and the Ukrainian people. It's, it's, it's very sensitive. And I'll tell you, even in Saskatchewan, when we do these town halls that we're doing and we, people ask about the Ukraine and we get into this discussion, I have to preface it with saying that it's, it's a very sensitive discussion because, you know, a lot of people are responding emotionally rather than, you know, intellectually and, and, and contextually and understanding what's really happening. So so there's this there's this, you know, hesitance to, to, to really dive in without first prefacing our discussion with with some context and 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 recognizing the sensitivity of it, because, you know, human nature is what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we are 
living in a world which is a make-believe world because it's a world of virtual reality, not substantive reality. So in a world of virtual reality, it is the media that creates the character. You know, he may be without any content, but it is the character that the media created. So Obama uh, gets elected mm. and given the Nobel Prize. Right. Without having done, no, I mean, he walks into the White House and he's given a Nobel Prize. A, a man who is an absolute zero, you know, nobody knows where he came from, nobody knows his background. Is again like the Elon Musk story, you know, all his records are hidden, mm. and he appears from nowhere and he he becomes the president of the United States. Uh, and there's the Josh Soros connection over there, mm. uh, so the connection of the the deep state. So there is Zelensky, a completely third-rate actor, you know, right. and all of a sudden he's equal to Winston Churchill, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he's the greatest thing in the world, you know, I mean, since Jesus arrived. And, and, and that's what it is. And, you know, you cannot talk to people around about him, you know, I mean, everywhere I turn, you know, how massive is this man's achievement. He has created a nation state out of Ukrainians, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, that's media story. Right. That's complete has, media story. Has no content to it. You're absolutely right. We're living in this age of perception and narrative over reality and truth. That's right. Where, where, that's you know, the, 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 the country of Ukraine, I mean, even we've touched on this before, but during the Maidan uh, protest, you know, you have EU flags that are flying in the crowd. Meanwhile, it's framed as this nationalist, ultra-nationalist uh, protest uh, protecting the sovereignty of the Ukraine, which in, a, in actual fact is the exact opposite. It, they're selling the Ukraine to the globalists, to World Economic Forum, to you know, to NATO. I, I, it's just, it's, it's insane. It is. And, and, and that's, that's where we have arrived. And as I mm. deal with my students, you know, and I have a young daughter you know, who will be going to university at the end of uh, uh, the school year, beginning mm. uh, in September. And I, 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 I talk to her and I talk to her friends and I see how much of their thinking is being shaped by not facts and evidence, but by emotions, but yes. by appealing to, you know, um, ideas in which you don't have to provide evidence anymore. You, no. you simply emote your feeling just as you played the, 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 the TikTok of, uh, that woman who is now going to be the czar for the Bureau of Disinformation. That's what it is. Yes. This what is what is what is our government is in Canada. Yeah. We have ministers of uh, uh, um, for climate change and for transportation. I mean, what is this man Omar Al Gabra as minister of transport doing? Right. You know, uh, and 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 what is his argument? Um, we we can all go around without masks now. I mean, America everywhere the masking is basically over and yet this government is insisting that you cannot board any plane or any train in canada without a mask yeah, it's, and it's, unvaccinated people cannot travel so we are prisoners in our own home 
That's another discussion that we need to get in back again because we haven't done that sufficiently. That is on the question of our own constitution. Is it really a constitution or is it simply a rag of paper? Hundred percent. And and just on that, on this this emotional response, Scott Moe, the Premier of Saskatchewan, uh, tweeted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Slava Ukraini, right? Which yeah. is which is straight from uh, Bandera, straight from right sector, straight <laughs> from from ultra nationalist. Now the Premier of Saskatchewan is allowed to actually say that uh, as as a as a slur, and and he gets away with it, and and nobody recognizes what it actually means, where it comes from, who established it, and why. It's phenomenal. So well, nobody think this, anymore, Kaleem. It's all just how you feel. So this is what it is, you know. I mean, when I wrote, when I published my book on multiculturalism, of course, I was thinking about it and 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 doing my own small writing and talking about it till eventually I published it about a decade ago. Uh, the delectable lie on multiculturalism. One of the main argument among several argument was that. Multiculturalism is to basically destroy the founding culture. And once you destroy the founding culture, you know, then you are no longer anchored into anything substantive. Every culture has its own value system, whether you like it or not, you know, and that's a matter of, again, examining it. You know, I come from a culture um, that is India, which is a culture in which Hinduism is a caste-based system. Yeah. Right. You know, and and there's no denying that fact and what it means and what has to be understood. So what is the meaning of freedom and individual freedom and individual right in the case of Indian culture has a completely different meaning. In fact, it has no meaning because on a caste based system, there is no individual freedom hmm. to what is individual freedom that is in the American Constitution, the First Amendment, and that which we in Canada talked about as, as uh, the gift of enlightenment, you know, the age of enlightenment, the whole building process that we right. went through, you know, a journey of over three, four hundred years to arrive at, and then it has been destroyed over the last 50 years since the end of 1945. And so here we have, you know, no core identity, which means precisely your your premier Scott Moe can stand up and say Slava Ukrainian without anybody questioning it because there is no right. core identity. Anything goes, anything yeah. goes, That's you true. know, and yeah. either these people are themselves morons that they have not studied history. They don't care about history. And therefore, right. in the absence of history, there is no respect for the other. Hmm. My, well, and then this is this is I mean this is the case. It's not just Scott Moe. It's a case across the board when we talk about leadership and the deficit in leadership we have in this country. There isn't a premier right now in in this country that would actually stand up and say and do what's right versus what's the prevailing narrative that they have to follow. That that's the case with all of them, uh, federally, provincially, municipally, across the board. Absolutely, we have no, we have no leadership. Absolutely. I mean, we could have that leadership if the people woke up and said, you know, yeah. irrespective of what CBC says and right. Globe and Mail says, 
we are going to vote based upon our judgment and one judgment one small judgment that can change the history of canada is that we are not going to vote for any candidate who belongs to the political party that has been sitting in ottawa period and the world can change it can change in a twinkling of an eye and if it doesn't change then we can say well that was the dominion machine but but if if only they took that no one has to listen to about what is your policy on dealing with deficit what is your policy on dealing with the debt burden and so on and so forth those are extremely complex and nobody in 92nd no candidate no cabinet minister no front bencher can explain in 92nd what would be the policy of dealing with canada's economy so throw all of those aside and say no i'm not going to vote for a liberal i'm not going to vote for a conservative i'm not going to vote for an ndp out yes we would have a new beginning salim i have a video i want to show you it's only two minutes but Go it's ahead. uh i had the opportunity after um you know 30 town halls and 30,000 kilometers. We did a town hall in the town of Estrahazy, Saskatchewan uh, last week. And uh, an MP, conservative MP, actually showed up. And she said a few words and then opened up to questions. So I had an opportunity to ask her a question. And I want to play that for you. You'll appreciate it. And it's, it, it'll, it, it, it says everything. Her answer is, is, is perfect, to be quite honest. So let's uh, let's check this out here. Um, I commend you. Me and RB have done thirty town halls, driven over thirty thousand kilometers doing these town hall events. Not once has a sitting MP in any of the writings you've been to ever attended one of these. So I commend you. Thank you. 
including the limitations of your circumstances and your decisions. I am not very so her answer is is very typical she didn't answer anything and it actually went on for quite a while she she rambled on avoided all of the questions in fact, I'm not even sure she understood it. Yeah, that's that's why we, we, we both here in Canada, in the United States, in Britain, we have become a country where we elect members to parliament who then are not responsible to the electors, but responsible to the oligarchs and to the globalists. That's That's what it has become, you know. And, and again, this is something if only the people would understand. But the flip side of it is why, again, the people who do understand and who, who are trying to help change the situation, they are being overwhelmed. It is like, you know, um, standing in, in the uh, uh, beach uh, and, and wading uh, at whatever level, ankle level, knee level, you're wading in that water and, and the tide is coming in and the tide is coming in and you know you you cannot you cannot hold back the tide. So what is tide is coming in is the globalist agenda of migration and immigration, you know, and that is washing away the core value of the countries that is the global north, um, North America, Europe, washing it away. So you saw what happened in uh, the French election uh, last Sunday, you know. Um, the vote was before the election, before the second round of voting was within the margin of error. But then the final result that came out, the outlying districts outside of Paris you know, and, and the major urban centers, uh, Le Pen was winning massively. The numbers that I have seen, you know, places like Guadeloupe, Martinique, she was winning by 70-30, you know. Then I saw the breakdown of the vote in terms of age bracket mm -hmm. and people, uh, voters between 20 and 50, she carried those that age group overwhelmingly yeah. and then came the vote from the metropolitan center the uh, immigrant vote african north african vote and then vote of people in the in the metropolitan center of 60 and above they voted for macron and, well, and, and, and and so Salim, it's I, we. This is what I talk about. In fact, I did a quick video the other day in regards to this, in how Saskatchewan is the province, and I was very you know bold in my in my prediction. But I said Saskatchewan will be the province that saves our country from globalism, and it's because we're still in a situation where we're sitting around fifty fifty as far as urban 
to rural voting. We're the only province that has that in existence. And that's a huge benefit to us because even parties like the SAS party are guided by the rural vote. That's their base. They can't stray from it. And it's the rural people, it's the country folk, the farmers, the ranchers that still hold the value of self-reliance, self-determination, independence, and, and, and all of these values that, that so many of us are trying to protect. And so Saskatchewan has a, a real good opportunity to, to lead the country. And, 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 and we saw that in, in, with COVID. We were the first province to announce that we're lifting restrictions and mandates. And it was immediately after then that Kenny, you know, had to beat Mo and lifted the mandates before Mo even did. And so you watch the dominoes fall from from that. So, you know, that's my hope is that, you know, we can keep educating the people of Saskatchewan, the country folk, the, the ones that cherish these values and, you know, lead the country to, to something different because we're heading we're on a really, really bad path. Well, I don't want to be facetious. You know, I, I, I share your hope. I would hope that more people in Saskatchewan vote for Buffalo Party. You know, I don't care what its policies are, but it is to break the back of the cabal in Ottawa uh, and, and, and they vote for it. But the flip side is um, that the window is very narrow. The process of immigration something like 250,000 every year coming in, plus all the additional numbers that yeah. is not within that official immigration numbers, uh, that is refugees, amnesty, and so on that, that comes in. So you add another 100,000 plus to that number. And now as a result of the Ukraine war, the displaced Ukrainians that will be coming yeah. and are coming, a lot of them will be headed to Western Canada, especially to places like Saskatchewan. Yeah. And so the window is very narrow. They, these people are going to vote for liberals and mm. for conservative. And that means they're going to be voting for the globalists, you know, and mm. that's the fight we are in, you know. Uh, but even if we can, even if we can get a plurality of uh, seats in Saskatchewan Parliament, for instance, you know, 20% of that becomes the basis of yes. messaging, you yes. know. Uh, uh, it, it's enormous how yeah. important that is. And I, yeah. I, I'm really confident that Saskatchewan is going to do, be able to do that, to break through and, and, yes. and, and have a voice that talks about these things in the public square. It's, right. it's so incredibly important. This is why I, I have this air of, of confidence that we have a we have a shot here yeah. and, and can start this this wave. Um, the, 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 this is why I a few weeks ago mentioned my own views now about uh, moving away from the existing system to a proportional representative system. Mm -hmm. And I hope we can come back because it needs a really thorough wetting, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, of, of where we are and how to defend our position. This system is a sellout. Now it is very clear. This first part with, with barely 35% of popular vote in which 
the 35% is after you take away 30% of voters who are not voting. So you have, you know, uh, you, you have basically 60 to 65% of the people voting, 35% people not voting. And then of that 65%, a bare 35% gives you a mature majority government and and you don't have to you don't have to win a seat west of Kenora right. to form a majority government in Ottawa right. which would be a majority government of the globalists and that is why some people got upset with me I suppose but I think we have to have that discussion because everything comes with ups and downs and we we need that discussion we need people in the parliament so I think I think you just convinced me. I think I think I just ended up on your side of the fence, um, because I understand how important it is to have the discussion in Parliament and in the public square. So I, I think I'm, I think I'm with you because if we can do that, then then we can turn this thing around, um, if federally, but and also of course provincially. Because the, the provinces, even under the existing constitution, still have a relatively, um, you know, decent amount of power, and and they can exercise that power. We just haven't had any premiers that are willing to exercise the power that they have, and in defense of you know the people of Saskatchewan or Alberta or what have you. So I, but I think I think you I think you're you've 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 got me on your side of the fence now, in terms well, of well, I mean it is it is. Yeah, we have to have a discussion, get the history back on the table, because Mark, it is numbers. And I'll give you one example. In the 1997 election, um, the Reform Party was running and competing against Bloc Quebecois. Uh, Bloc Quebecois leader was Lucien Bouchard, who had been Maroney's right-hand man in Quebec. And then after the referendum, he left the Progressive Conservative. He went back to Quebec and he became the leader of Bloc Quebecois. So the 1997 election, both the reform and Bloc got a little over 16% of the vote. Yeah. And in actual number of the 16%, reform got more vote in percentage than Bloc Quebecois. Right. But then guess what happened? That 16% of the vote that, that Bloc got was all concentrated in Quebec, whereas the 16% that reform got was spread across whatever, Western provinces and some in Ontario. And Lucien Bouchard became the leader of the opposition. A separatist party became the leader of the opposition, you know, with 54 seats uh, coming out of Quebec, whereas reform could only win 52 seats right. uh, uh, in Western Canada, in, 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 in Alberta's. They didn't do pretty good in, in Saskatchewan. They got some seat in uh, Manitoba and then in British Columbia. They got only one seat in um, Ontario yeah. and nothing in Quebec and the Maritime Provinces, you know. Yeah. So in terms of percentages, 
reform should have been the leader, the opposition party if it had been a pr system right. if it had been a pr system there would have been you know at least 20 members of ppc and, and they wouldn't in, have in the parties and sold us all out absolutely but the reptorians sold us out after defin baker defin baker was the last tragic prime minister who was a nationalist yep. who came from saskatchewan though he was born in ontario but his family had moved to saskatchewan you know red deer uh, or whatever uh, you know um, and 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 he understood the west and he understood english canada and he was a patriot but after defin baker the conservative party is part of the cabal yep. the biggest sellout of course is mr mulroney but then i don't know by what degree harper is less than mulroney i think harper is equal to mulroney absolutely 100% especially when he announced in a press conference that canadians have to accept less sovereignty and then coined the phrase enlightened sovereignty yeah, he's no different than the rest of them. So, so I think that's the fight. I mean, we uh, there is too much silence from our leader. You know, that has to come back. We need a constitutional reform. The whole experience since 2019, the Canadian people can see it. At least those people who are patriots can see it. But the longer this is postponed, this discussion, other issues are going to come around, and people will forget about it. You know, and so. That, that energy that is right now available, given what happened with the truckers, what happened with two years of COVID, mm. what is happening with Ukraine, you know, and the complete sellout of the, of the country to the globalists. We need this discussion now. We don't well, need it, is, you know, five years from now. Celine, this is why it's so important. You know, I'm back to doing the town halls here in Saskatchewan. We're hoping to do one in BC and, and probably Alberta again. Um, but Alberta's, you know, they got the Alberta Prosperity Project. We've we've started it here in Saskatchewan. We have the Saskatchewan Prosperity Project. Um, these discussions are, are happening. Myself and yourself are planning a tour through Northern Ontario uh, on our way to Ottawa for Canada Day. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Um, so, again, any folks that are in those towns, and I'll name them again, it's Kenora, Dryden, Thunder Bay, Marathon, Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, North Bay. If you're in any of those cities or, or, or those towns, bring your community together. Um, get in contact with me. Let's make something happen and, uh, and, and continue this discussion and the sharing of information and education because it's the only way we're, we're ever going to move the dial. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And let me, let me say to you, um, Mark, that if if in the fall you're still doing town hall i would love to come and join you in the fall yeah, uh for for a western western saskatchewan uh, bc trip we would love to have you so let's we'll we'll, we'll talk about that for sure and uh, we'll yeah. put something together absolutely uh, yeah all right so that's a wrap we're at just about the two yes. hour mark another very important discussion thank you very much salim uh, again, your your wisdom is cherished here by the by the folks that watch our stream. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's a, such a pleasure to be with you once a week or whenever we get a chance to get together. Yeah. And I know people are watching us uh, because you tell me 
I only wish I could meet some of them. I wish I could get a hug from them and carry mm -hmm. on the conversation. Absolutely. hundred percent. All Thank right, you, my, my friend. friend. Have a good night. Good night. We'll talk, talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, rhythm is uh, saying goodbye too. Rhythm, shut up. All right. So, anyways, uh, yes, Ottawa, July first, Canada Day. We will be there. Um, I have to get in touch with some of my Ottawa peeps that can help uh, put this together. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be no lack of of uh of help in that regard but uh yeah looking forward to it that'll be uh ottawa number four i think for me anyways uh that's gonna be a wrap for tonight i encourage you to watch that uh amazing Polly video on rumble uh she also somebody else also shared it uh, uh as a facebook watch thing uh really good she did a a bang up job exposing what they're all about. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, remember nationalism, good globalism, bad. All right. That's a wrap. I'll just, uh, pull that over here and oh, rhythm. And, uh, Bring that up here and all right. Good night, guys. Have a good weekend. And for those uh, in Regina tomorrow, we'll see you there. Uh, I'll be there sometime around between 11 and noon. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Ciao for now. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with and abusers. Finally see the truth. God, we need you now.